Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. It's an Bloomer Markets. Corey Johnson here with Carol Masser at my side. We are in Boston. Yes, indeed. At the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce annual meeting. People are starting to uh, get into gear here. Uh, There's a big meeting. Uh, hundreds of uh, uh, executives and CEOs from the New England area expected here, as well as the governor of Mass. Uh, and uh, and the uh, mayor of this fine city, right? And this the, cold city. The theme is return on influence, and uh, what's really lovely about this dinner is they do honor individuals, and they're going to be honoring individuals who have done very well, successful people who've not only done well but they're doing good. And so we're going to talk to two of those individuals in just a moment, right here on Bloomberg Radio. But first, let's get the very latest in business news headlines from Charlie Pellet at our world headquarters in Manhattan. Charlie, All right. hey, thank you very much, Corey. Thank you, Carol. Marriott International's numbers are out. Investors have no reservations about. Uh, bidding up shares of the company's stock right now. First quarter adjusted EPS 101. Estimates there were for 92 cents. First quarter revenue 5.56 billion. Estimates there 5.28 billion. Shares of Marriott International are advancing now by about 2.9 percent. Stocks ended the session at records, at least for the S&P 500 index and the NASDAQ composite index. Both up barely. The S&P up by less than a quarter of a point, but it is at a record 20 Twenty-three ninety-nine. Nasdaq higher by a point to sixty-one oh two, also up by less than one tenth of one percent. Dow Industrials up five, a gain there of less than one tenth of one percent. The CBOE volatility index, better known as the VIX, slumping to its lowest close since nineteen ninety-three. Apple shares at a record today, up two point seven percent to one fifty-three oh one. Drexel Hamilton raising its price target on Apple to two hundred two dollars. Brian White is a Senior Equities Analyst at Drexel. He spoke with Bloomberg Television. I think you're in the early stages, very early stages here of a sentiment shift around Apple. Remember, this depressed valuation has been around for years. And I think people are finally coming to the realization, oh, you know what? They're not going to turn into one of these consumer commodity companies that um, had to get out of the business, whether it's BlackBerry, Nokia, Motorola. Um, these guys are going to be around. And you know what? They only have 15% market share in smartphones. And that's going to be a nice growth area over the next few years for them. Gold down 30 cents the ounce to 12.26. West Texas Intermediate Crude back above $46 a barrel. 46.50 up 28 cents a gain there of six tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Our home today, our home all week is Boston. We are live from the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce annual meeting. Carol Master, Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Our next guests, successful commercial real estate developers. Their property they are now donating to nonprofits, and they've also joined Warren Buffett and Bill and Melinda Gates with the Giving Pledge. And tonight, I've got the honor of presenting the next two individuals uh, with an award for being named 2017 Distinguished Bostonians at the Greater Boston Chamber of Commerce annual meeting. Joyce and Bill Cummings, founders of Cummings Properties, are here with us. Welcome to Bloomberg Radio. Thank you, Carol. It's nice to have you here with us. Um, tell us a little bit about this recognition, what it means for the two of you. 
Well, um, I love I it. They both looked at each other like, <laughs> you go, no, you go. <laughs> I think we're somewhat overwhelmed, quite frankly. Really? Because uh, we have never actually lived in Boston, although I did for one year when I very, very first came here. But um, uh, our focus has been more outside the Boston area. Uh, as the foundation has become yeah. more widely known and we've been involved in, in more things, we've recognized enormous needs in the Boston area. Tell us a little bit about what, so, you, what you guys are doing with your foundation. For the most part, I think it's fair to say that the vast majority of what we're doing is supporting largely smaller not-for-profits in three eastern Massachusetts counties. Middlesex, Essex, and Suffolk. We have a disproportionate amount of attention probably in Suffolk County, even Mm -hmm. though we don't do any business here per se, because there seem to be a lot of easily identifiable needs, and that's been important. Are there there particular... um, uh, How did you decide? People are always, I'm sure, knocking on the door wanting some help, and people with with demonstrable needs, how do you try to decide what your problems you're trying to work on? Not so much a question of which problem to work on, but but working with smaller organizations. One category we, or one basic principle we have is that we're not looking to support national charities that have larger endowments than we do already. So we we try to find smaller organizations that are doing good in a very local area, or oftentimes, or at least in a tri-county area. There is something about smaller organizations who are on the ground in a community who understand the needs. Um, they just get it and they know exactly what needs to be done. Exactly. And and we want to give back where the money was made and where the employees of Cummings Properties live. And uh, $100,000 to a small not-for-profit is just enormous. They can do so much with it. And and they don't most of them do not receive the hundred thousand dollar grant all in one year. It's it's spread out uh, over um, ten to four years, three years. It reminds um, me of like the impact of a microloan where you see that in developing countries where you give a family, it's often typically the woman mm-hmm. of the household a uh, hundred dollars, fifty dollars mm-hmm. and they yeah. create yeah. some kind of industry and they're able to all of a sudden support their family. But it's it doesn't need to be millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. You guys are making a difference. That's through. a that's a good comparison, the microloans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill, why are you doing this? We have more than we'll ever need. We've at this point our sustaining uh, organization behind the foundation is Cummings Properties, which leases commercial real estate outside the city, but we've got 90 or 100 buildings, uh, and we want to give back, as Joyce said, where we obtained our funds and also where the organizations, where the people that support the underlying company come from and where our, our tenants come from, where their employees come from. So I get the what. My question is the why. Because not everyone in business gives to charity like this. Not everyone who has success gives like this. And we've got some prominent examples uh, uh, in our society right now, and I just wonder why you've made this such a priority. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> there's there's nothing better to do with with uh, the large funds that are beyond our needs. We don't have um, we don't have a private plane. I've never ridden in a private plane. We don't we don't have uh, multiple homes. We we live in a our lot is seven or eight thousand square feet in our house, and 
We've got four children. They have all that they want. And they've actually given some of the funds that we had previously given to them have wanted to support the foundation and have made substantial seven-figure donations back. That's lovely. You may not have multiple homes. You may not have a private plane, but you definitely have a moral compass, which I think is really, really needed in today's society. I think we need to give our families, our parents, credit for that. Uh, I've said in the past that sometimes it sounds pretty Pollyannish. Right. But... That's the way we were raised. I love it. Joyce and Bill Cummings, congratulations and thank you. Founders, Cummings Properties, and Cummings Foundation. Let's get Nathan Hazel with some World and National News headlines. All right. Thanks, Corey. Appreciate it. The Senate panel that's looking into Russian election meddling is getting some long-awaited testimony about fired National Security Advisor Michael Flynn's contacts with the Russians. We get the latest from Bloomberg's Irv Chapman. Sally Yates, who the president fired a few days later because of an unrelated disagreement, recounted what she told White House counsel Don McGahn about retired General Michael Flynn's contact with the Russians. We took him through in a fair amount of detail what General Flynn had done, conduct problematic in and of itself. And what Flynn told Vice President Mike Pence about it was untrue. Pence repeated Flynn's version publicly, and the Russians could have used the threat to expose Flynn's misleading conduct. That created a compromise situation, a situation where the national security advisor essentially could be blackmailed by the Russians. Flynn was himself fired when all this leaked to news media. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg, Washington. The Trump administration is defending its revised travel ban and getting a tough reception. He's never repudiated what he said about the Muslim ban. It's still on his website. The district court here found that it's on his website, campaign website, today. Or as of the day that he wrote the opinion. Robert King is one of 13 judges on the Richmond-based Fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals hearing arguments about a Maryland judge's decision to block the order, barring entries from six Muslim-majority nations. Acting Solicitor General Jeffrey Wall is urging this panel to focus on the text of the president's order, not his campaign statements. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.